Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneurial Podcast. My guest today is Dave Cook. Dave is an award-winning author and a highly sought-after keynote speaker. He's a leading authority on sales training, coaching, and motivational speaking in the United States and around the world. He has over 30 years' worth of experience in the corporate world where he has proven himself to be a consistent high performer in the world of sales. He is currently employed by Business and Legal Resources, and in the past 10 years, Dave has been ranked as a top producer, making multi-million dollar sales consistently year over year. He's been a guest speaker at conferences in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Orlando, New Orleans, New Haven, and many, many, many more places around the world. He's, he's written a new book titled, So How to Be a Great Salesperson by Monday Morning. I'm pleased to have Dave on the show today to tell us a little bit more about himself, his experiences, and of course, his book titled, How to Be a Great Salesperson by Monday Morning. So Dave, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chi. It's an honor to be here. I've heard so many great things about you, and here we are. <laughs> great. Awesome, Dave. Awesome. So before we get started, I read your book. I read it twice because it's an easy read. It's very short and sweet and to the point, and it's not like um, theory. You know, there are a lot of pages, there are a lot of chapters in the book where it was just straight to the point, you know, what you need to do this. Like, like the one that really caught my attention was... Uh, the one say say my name where you have to say the person's name when you're trying to make a sale. And I as soon as I read that, I was just like, oh, it's just like that Destiny's Child song, you know, say my name, say my name. And then I rem and then I remember that you know whenever whenever you're like in a relationship and you're about to have an argument, one of the fastest ways to diffuse it is to call the person's name and try and talk about something. Because once once you mention somebody's name, there's always that instant recognition, instant attention, and whatever issue is going on tends to go to the background, whereas you can easily change the situation. So it was very practical and hands-on and not necessarily, you know, giving you abstract things or things that really work in real life. So I really appreciate, appreciate you bringing all that together in your book. My pleasure. Good. My pleasure. So let's, let's get started, Dave. Tell us a little bit about your journey to where you were today. How did it all get started for you? Well, the way, the way it all got started is uh, I, spring break when I was a freshman in college decades ago, I might add. But, uh, you know, but anyways, so I was I was down in Florida and this friend uh, I knew down there, he had a Corvette, you know, and back mm -hmm. in those days, that was the car to have, you know, what I mean? yeah. so I got his car and it was so cool and. I was getting all this attention from people and stuff and some of the ladies and stuff, you know, <laughs> anyways, but I was motivated to get a car, that car, you know? Mm. So I went out and, uh, and I found a job You know, I found a job in sales and I told all my friends, I said, I'm going to get a Corvette. And they said, no way. It's too expensive. You'll never do that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you watch. Mm. Okay. You know? And I was just so I, I went my, my desire. I had a burning desire, not mm. just kind of a desire, but burning. I, you know. Yeah. So I, I got this sales job uh, in Toledo, Ohio, as a matter of fact. But the one thing I noticed uh, at she when I walked in for the sales job it, it, and, and, and the owner of the company was reluctant to hire me. He mm -hmm. didn't want to hire college students. But I told him point blank, I can do this, you know. Yeah. But one thing I noticed when I walked in, and this always stuck with me, and this is what really got me going, is that I walked in and, and I saw the leaderboard, you know, mm -hmm. and I saw the top three reps and the amount of money they were making and the prizes. And I'm like, well, 
that's where I got to be, yeah. you know, top three. So I, I became friends with the top three people and I picked their brains. Mm. I took everything they were doing and I made it my own and became successful because I always say the only difference between someone who's more successful than you, the only, the only difference between someone who has something more than you is they just simply know something you do not. Yeah. That's all. And you got to find out what that something is. Mm. So, so that's what I did. <laughs> so, that's, so that's what you did. So, so initially, you, I'm sure you must have tried selling on your own. Did you have any success before you started picking people's brains to figure out what exactly would work in a sales presentation? Well, no, not really. I mean, this was my very first sales job. I okay. mean, I was just, I was just thrown into it. Okay. But I knew I could do it. I okay. just knew it was just something I knew I could do it. Mm, mm. And, and so, I did. So, so tell us a little bit about you know that that desire. How does someone develop the desire to go after what they want? Because you wanted that, and you were single-mindedly focused on that. And I think that's one thing that stops a lot of people from getting what they want is that they've not made that commitment to have that desire to just go for it. So, can you speak to being able to prepare yourself or to get yourself that burning desire in your heart? before you can now go after whatever goal you want, whether it's to be a multi-million dollar sales producer like you, to get into grad school, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, the only thing, I mean, you really have to do, you just have to go into a room somewhere, close all the doors, turn off the lights, and just sit there, close your mind, listen to your voice, and let that voice, that all-important voice, mm. tell you what it is, what you want. You, you know, everybody knows, you know, that voice is telling you, don't yeah. deny what that voice is saying, you know, mm -hmm. and do not be afraid to act on it. Because the thing is, once you take a leap and once you get out there, if you don't know how to do something, once you step out and do it, you'll find the ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that. So just don't be afraid. It, what they say, um, uh, uh, Happiness is beyond your comfort zone, mm -hmm. you know, out of your comfort zone. But don't be afraid. Listen to your voice to know that desire. But don't be afraid to make that leap because once you get there, you'll find, oh, this is okay. Yeah. I, know, I know how to do this, you know. Yeah. And everything's happy and everything's <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. you pick the brains of the top salespeople in your organization and you guys were selling air filtration systems. Correct. Yes, yes. So that's not a very sexy product to start off selling, you know? Yeah. How were you able to start selling at such a vigorous pace that you were outstripping people? And this was your part-time job. So you were outstripping yeah. people who were doing that full-time for a living because during your first week of training, you went on sales presentation learning and nobody made a sale. And, yeah, yeah. and you were expected to be discouraged, but you know what? You stuck to it. You did it. You were beating people whose full-time jobs were that. So tell us a little bit more about what were the things you learned, and then how were you able to make something like selling air filtration systems sexy? Because okay. people think you can't sell something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one thing, you know, when I was riding out with people learning, that, that was the learning process, you know, I, I didn't see sell, but I always kept my eye on the prize, mm -hmm. you know, the prize was I knew I was going to sell. You have to expect it within your own self. I mm -hmm. knew I was going to do it. But one of the things that really made me do it, when I would go into somebody's home, yeah, an air filtration unit is not sexy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that 100%. 
But the thing is, is that, you know, in, in my heart, it's like, you know, I'm a performer. I'm an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, you know, but it, I just say, but, but I would go into someone's home and one of the biggest things, I mean, I would get, get them laughing, mm. you know, so important. You know, you want to get your customer laughing. So I go into someone's home. It's just, you know, they're sitting around watching TV and I come in. And, you know, I, I would come in with my suit on, right? Yeah. And I would say, excuse me, do you mind if I take off my jacket? They would go, oh, no, go ahead and take it off. I would take off my jacket and I'd turn around and i go, oh, I'm, this isn't the shirt I'm wearing with the hole in the back, is it? Is this the shirt with the hole in the back? <laughs> they'd start laughing and they'd say, no, no, you're fine, you know. So uh, they relaxed. You get someone laughing, they're open to what you have to say, mm. you know. So that's I – made, I made it fun. Mm. It, you know, I just made it. I got the people laughing. You know, mm. when people laugh, endorphins are released in their brain. They're happy, happy, happy people listen. Happy people buy. Yes. You know, so that's always my first thing I tell everybody. And it's chapter one in the book. Yep. In my book, it's it's like make them laugh. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing because mm-hmm. they relax and they think, oh, this is going to be fun. Yay! Mm. Yeah. I like, but, but a lot of people will tell you that, hey, look, you know, you're okay. So let's let's look at it this way: you're an extrovert. You like to perform. You like to be around people. You get your energy from being around people. What if it were on the other side? You know, somebody that's a little introverted and they're like so scared of just even making that. They know the information in their head. But they're yeah. so scared because they're not as boisterous. They don't think they're funny. They might be funny with their friends, but until they get to warm up and know you, in a sales presentation, you don't have that much time to sit around yeah. and get to know the person. So how would you you know, coach that person to, yeah. to overcome that first step? Well, overcoming that first step, I mean, it's obviously just going to take practice, just yeah. diving in and doing it, doing it, doing it, you know. But the thing is, do do find some jokes, mm. little jokes, silly little things. Like if you hear something creaking, that's my bones. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> you know, silly little things like that that you have in your arsenal. So you'll have like six or eight jokes or not even jokes, but statements that are funny, yeah. you know. And once you start saying them and using them over and over, you, you know, and your customer's laughing, I mean, you'll get you'll, you get a little confidence, you mm-hmm. know, you, you'll build your confidence. So and, and also, too, I mean, don't be afraid of, of, of failing, as we know. Mm. You, you probably heard the expression fail forward. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty common expression. I love it. But that's true. It's like, so what? <laughs> you know, but when, when you fail, you're learning. Mm. But. But I would say just any anything to get the customer laughing, like the one I just said, you know, I'm yeah. getting so old, my bones are creaking, you yeah. know, it's silly stuff. But get two, three, four, five of these, and then you'll suddenly find that, whoa, I can make people laugh. Yeah. This is good, you know, and, and it's the standard jokes you'll use every single time. You've heard the jokes a million times, but the customers only heard them once, once. you know? Yeah. Just get your little arsenal. Four jokes. Yeah. Three jokes. Four jokes. Ask your friends. Ask the salespeople who've been doing it. You know, what kind of funny stuff you got? I want to get my people laughing. And then once you get someone laughing, you'll gain confidence. You know. Awesome. So it's 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 just basically like um, having a set, like a comedian. Because if you watch 
Like I, I tend to watch a Russell Peters. He's a funny comedian out of Canada. You watch a Jay Leno or who any of those guys doing stand up. They have the same stock jokes. Maybe they might rearrange them and have new jokes, but every audience they go to is always different. So if you watch a lot of YouTube videos, you notice that the same jokes keep appearing over and over again. But yeah. but the audience cracks up every single time because they're different people. Yeah, and you know something, Chi? You, you hit a really good point there. I'm glad you said Jay Leno. Because Jay Leno actually said to a up-and-coming comedian one time, all you need is five minutes. Mm. That's all you need is five minutes. Five minutes of, like, funny stuff. You know what I mean? That it just breaks the ice. Mm. So, I mean, all you need is, like, two, three, four, five jokes or something. So get those little jokes, and you'll get them laughing, and you'll gain confidence, and you'll have fun. Mm. You know? So, so what's the next step once you've broken the ice and they're now like more receptive to hear you make the sales presentation? Okay. All right. So the more the, when they're more, okay. The next thing, uh, I just want to put this in real quick. You, you want to say your customer's name over and over and over and over okay. because the sweetest sound, this is so important. The sweetest sound to anyone's ears is the sound of his or her own name. Yeah. And another thing, too, when you say someone's name, you're breaking a wall. You're breaking a barrier. You, you get closer. They listen. And then another thing that's extremely important is when you, you, you really want to drive a point home. You, you, say you're, you're showing your products, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you got a few laughs out there. You got a few jokes, like we were saying, you know, and you're getting to a wow factor. Mm -hmm. in your product. You know that, right? Say the customer's name first because it's innate since we were little kids Somebody says your name, you listen, yes. you know, so, you know, your mother, as we were growing up, you know, somebody, so when you're getting to a wild point, say their name because they have to listen. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's critical. So, so they will listen to your wild factor. Mm -hmm. So say their name over and over. Very important. Mm -hmm. And also I, I get excited here. I get going <laughs> once I get going, but, but also another thing too, is that you have to assume the sale. You have to know, remember this, when you're showing something to someone, mm -hmm. assume that they already own it, okay? okay? Yeah, all you're simply doing is showing them how to use it. Okay. They already own it. You're just showing, and, and by doing that, if you use the word your, it's like, let's say that you're selling a house. Okay. The product doesn't matter, you know? So you're selling a house. You're talking to somebody. You go, oh, and by the way, oh, and this is your living room, and this is your bedroom, this is your swimming pool. Because when you say your, people subconsciously think, yeah, yeah, that is mine. And then, yeah, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, they kind of subconsciously kind of own it already, mm -hmm. getting a little closer to the sale. Mm. So now one thing I've noticed in watching salespeople make presentations to me is that a lot of salespeople tend to get bogged down with the details of oh. whatever it is they're selling. They tend to focus on the feature, oh, it, it drives zero to 60, it has air cooling, it has heated seats, blah, blah, blah. Whereas mm -hmm. in your book, you mentioned that, you know, you need to focus more on the benefit of the of what what's in it for the person. So, so could you break that down a little bit more so that we can understand why that is so crucial in the sales oh. book? No, I'd be happy to. Yep. Because remember this, everyone, P people do not buy products and services. They do not buy products. They do not buy services. What they buy are the benefits they perceive mm. from these products and services. Say like a car. You know, you mentioned that, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. All right. Let's say somebody's getting a car. Okay. They don't care what kind of wires are running to the light. They mm-hmm. don't care if the frames held together. What they care about is prestige. You know, like what the, what's it, I, I go back to my neighborhood and people are going to think that I'm a big shot with this car. You know, yeah. I'm going to look good in this car. You know. Uh, 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 we can uh, carpool in this car, you know, so you don't want to focus on um, how this frame's held together or how these doors work or any of that stuff. You, you focus on, you know, you drive this car home, everybody's going to think you're some kind of big shot. I'll tell you that right now and mm-hmm. get a little laugh going, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, focus, they're buying benefits. They're not buying that car. They're buying benefits. They're, they're going to look good in this car. They like that color. It makes them feel good. So you focus on those benefits, not the actual product itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, one of the chapters in your book that I loved was, you know, asking questions that uh, reinforce the yes. Oh, yeah. You understand? So that they can, like, be attuned to get used to saying yes to you over and over again. But yeah. there are savvy people out there like me. I've read the book um, Get Into Yes when I was in grad school. And that was one of the things that was trained in that book, which a lot of salespeople have adopted. If you present your your sales presentation to somebody that has read such a book or has that information in their back of their head, wouldn't they think that, oh, this guy is trying to, like, you know, scam me into saying yes because he's trying to program me? Mm, not, I really don't think so. Okay. I really don't think so because they might like you don't, but I, I, I really don't think so because okay. they're so, they're so wrapped up in your product, you know. Mm. But you gotta do it delicately, okay. you know. You, you know that's you know it's pretty nice, huh? What, what do you think, Paul? Oh yeah, that looks good. Okay, great. Yeah, no, here's another part. You know, think that you you like that? Mm. Yeah, that's good. So I mean, you have to be delicate with it. You can't pound it, pound it, pound it. You know, but. I, I've never had anyone in all the years I've been doing this, and I use the yes question theory all the time. Yeah, I, I go, pretty nice, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, that looks great. So I use it all the time, and I've never had any objections about it, or no one ever said, oh, "I know what you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I use it because I sincerely want to get a feel. Yeah, you know, pretty neat, huh, Tom? Yeah. yeah. If he goes, yeah, it's all right, you know then I'm going to know that I, I'm going to have to make some adjustments or something, you know? So, mm. yeah, I, I use it for myself as well. Okay. It, honestly, I, I, but yeah, it is the fact that you, you get somebody, the more yeses they you get going, that they get in a yes frame of mind. Mm. Yeah. So now what well, is the um, third party close system? Okay. The third party close. All right. So, um, or for example, well, it's kind of no matter what you're demonstrating. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say for whatever it could be that you're showing someone, right? And you're at a wow factor, right? You're something that's whoa, that is really cool, you know. You can say to your, and I'm sure it's happened to everybody at one time or another. They're showing something, and a customer interrupts them and goes, "You know, I love this. Look, I'll, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I get started?" So at those little wild factors like that, you can say to someone, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they just stopped me right here on this one and said, I'll take it. Hmm. Okay. So you got to be real delicate with that though. <laughs> so, but, but you do, you know, that's the third party. You're talking about somebody, you know, um, yeah, they stopped me right here and they said, I'll take it. And then you pause for just a beat. You allow them a beat to go. I'll take it. If mm-hmm. they do, but if not move on. 
but the thing is what you are doing, you are actually giving your customer permission mm. to say, I'll take it. Okay. So that's the third party. Mm. Okay. Letting them know that other people have stopped you in the middle of your presentation and said, they'll take it. So, mm. okay. Now, one thing is, so let's, 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 let's take a little step back because we're now in the sales process. You know, you're making the pitch We're we're using the systems you have outlined in your book. Now, before you even get to present, you kind of have to market, you know, the people, person has to be aware of the product and service, and then they have to invite you to come in and make the sales presentation, correct? Yeah. So talk a little bit about you, the way you do it, how you get to market your product or service so that you can get that invitation to be able to make that um, sales presentation. Well, I, I have to uh, – well, where I'm, where I'm working right now, I have to tell you that all my appointments and all my tours, that I, I, I demonstrate um, – uh, products and services via join.me over the internet, but all of my tours, they're set up for me already. Okay. Yeah, I'm not the one who makes the appointments or okay. anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so there is, um, so in your case, it's um, sales and marketing are two separate um, functions that are done independently. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's true. But obviously, but obviously, with marketing though, I mean, you just got to call and you, you know, it, you know, stru- benefits once again back to benefits. What, what's in it for me? Mm, okay. Now, uh, another thing with sales that I've observed in the past is that most salesmen tend to be very persistent or like pushy mm-hmm. to try and get the sale. Mm-hmm. Is is that a good way to? to go about trying to get the sale or, or try to close a potential client? No, 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 no. You can't be pushy, 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 but yet you have to be diligent. You know, you, you know, you, you don't want to overstay your welcome or something like that. But one thing that I, I mean, people respect that, that you follow up, but you, that's the same. It's, it's a thin line, you know, you don't want to mm. be in sense, but I can tell you this, this is something that has worked for me every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All my 30 years of selling, let's say that I'm calling someone. I mean, people you know, want me to follow up with them. They're not there. I call, you know, let's say I'm calling somebody for like the seventh time or okay. something. And they're probably sick of hearing me from me. And I, I, it, but it's still, I still have to follow up. But this is a, a line. It works every single time. So if you are calling somebody for the sixth, seventh time, say this. Just say, you know. Tom, always use their name, remember, to get their attention. Just go, Tom, you know, forgive my persistence, please. Mm-hmm. But we scheduled a follow-up call, so I need to know what you want to do so I can uh, update my records here in your account. You mm-hmm. know? So, But when you say, Tom, forgive my persistence, please, every single time I use that, people say to me, oh, no, 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 that's okay. I mean, you're just doing your job. It, it's okay. Don't worry about it, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, forget my persistence. You know, you're humbling yourself. You know, people like humble people. And you're saying, please, you know, mm-hmm. you're being kind. So that that works every single time. So if you think somebody's sick of hearing from you, open with that line. Okay. <laughs> you know, Tom, please forget my persistence. Okay. So where should the pricing discussion come in? At the beginning or at the end when you're making your sales presentation? Oh, the pricing? Yes. Well, at the end. At the end. Or if a customer 
in the middle of your presentation, ask about pricing, go straight to pricing. Okay. Just go straight to it. Don't look like you're trying to hide it or anything like that. Yeah, but always, uh, yeah, the end, after I make sure I got all my benefits out there so they can yeah. see what they're getting out of my product, you know. And does, yeah. and does that leave room for haggling and trying to get a deal out of it? Because I know a lot of people will always want to, to negotiate once numbers start coming in. Well, what do you mean, doing it at the end? Or? No, no, no. I mean, when you say, okay, when you say, okay, take for example, I'm trying to sell a car and I'm like, okay, so how much is it? And the mm-hmm. salesman goes, oh, it's 60K or 65K. Mm-hmm. The next step is for the customer to try and start negotiating. So how does one start handling the negotiation before you close the deal ultimately? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing, I mean, everybody in sales, I mean, most people can be flexible, mm-hmm. you know. So, and, and that's another thing. I never use the word discount, okay, okay. because it sounds like a shopping center or something, <laughs> a grocery store, you know, buy one, get one free. We're having a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's always like, well, you know, you know I, 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 can, I can be flexible. Okay. You know, I use the word flexible instead of discount, you know, because it just, I don't know, classes the whole thing up. But uh, what do I do in cases like that? Well, I know how flexible I can be, and I... I I don't know. I just feel the customer out and see. I, I do what I can do okay. because ultimately, I mean, obviously, I mean, I want that customer happy, you yeah. know. So they'll just keep coming back. Yeah. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but uh, every case is what a case by case basis, as mm-hmm. they say. Um, everyone's a little bit different, you know. So. Okay. I know how flexible I can be, so I'll be flexible at times if need be. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is going to go straight to the case study part of the discussion where let's let's say we have somebody listening to this podcast right now as I'm interviewing you and they're saying, okay, that's all great, Dave, but guess what? I'm just about to interview for a new job selling um, HVAC, AC units or whatever, HVACs. And I, I, I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to sell, I don't know how to, you know, make sure I get the job. Well, take for example the person is going into an interview to get their first sales job. How can they sell themselves to get that job? Okay. Well, first of all, do every single bit of research on that company you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Go to their website, break it down. So you wanna think when you're going in for an interview, don't be timid, don't be shy. Find out every single thing there is to know about that company, who you're going to interview with, what they do. Check them out on LinkedIn. They like to go fishing or whatever it is they like to do. I mean, know all of this stuff. And also, one of the biggest things you want to let someone know, I don't care if you have experience or not, that you have a burning desire to work for them. Mm. So you want to kind of flip it around a little bit that you're interviewing them, Mm. Because interviewers, they're so used to the same old standard questions, da da da. But you come in with your stuff. You know, I see that your company just uh, acquired another company like three weeks ago. Wow, that is really something. That even makes me want to work here even more. Mm. You know, I'm so excited about what you have going on here. Yeah. So, think in terms. You got to think that they're. You have to think that they are lucky that you are there. Okay. You have that kind of confidence. Then they are. They're lucky you're there because you can produce for these people. Mm-hmm. But really do your research and do think about flipping it around where you're interviewing them because mm-hmm. they'll respect that. Because 
you know, they'll, they'll respect it. They'll be honored and thrilled that you've really done some research about them. Hmm. Okay. And another, okay, so on another side, um, mm-hmm. take, for example, local business owners like mom and pop stores, like your local pizzeria or whatever, who, who they've been doing the same thing over and over. You know, they have their customers, they have their process, and it's just okay. But, you know, they could be better at selling their products and services. You know, they could really improve. What uh, I know we've spoken a lot already, but I want you to give us one or two things that a local business owner can start doing right now today to start yeah. improving their sales so that they can yeah. see that, man, Dave knows what he's talking about. Let me go get his book and let me, like, read and digest everything he's talking about so I can... I can uh, fast track my business. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that question, Chi, because one of the reasons why I wrote my book is I had a small business owner in mind. Mm-hmm. I really did. My, you know, I, I love going to the mom and pop stores and the small and giving them my business. I really do. So I was thinking about them when I was writing my book because so many times I'd be in a, a mom and pop store and they're so proud of what they have. You know, this came from the old country or my grandmother stitched this with each little, st- you know, things. They're so proud, mm-hmm. you know. I love that, yeah. So, but anyway, so they're showing me their products or the pizza place or whatever it may be, you know. And and the thing is, they know how to demonstrate their products, but they don't know how to sell their products. Okay, so so many times when you're showing somebody something, my my biggest advice to the uh, mom and pop place or small business something is to ask open ended questions. Mm. Okay. So when you're showing somebody your product and they're all excited about it, you kind of have to close the deal. You know, you kind of have to say, oh, I'm so glad you like this. How many of these would you like? Mm. You know, I've got a bunch in the back. How many would you like? And they're like, oh, uh, I'd like four of them, please. That little thing, you know, how many would you like? When do you want to get started? I mean, and, and also you know, saying the customer's name. I know I've said that before, but it's so important. Sense, yeah. It makes them feel warm and invited, you know? But the biggest thing I always saw, there's many times I've been in a mom and pop store and I left and I said, if they would have only said, how many do I want? I'd have said four now that I think about it, you know? But it, it really is the asking. That's the biggest thing, the mom and pop thing, is the open-ended questions. Mm. It really because they can tell your sincerity. Yeah. But, you know, when, when do you want to get started? How many would you like? Those kind of things is mm-hmm. what the mom and pops really want to do. Mm. Very awesome. So as we start to wind down the show, Dave, um, so I have just one or two wrapping up questions before I let sure. you go. So the first thing is, you know, right now it's um, it's May, so it's graduation season in the United States and Mo- many parts of the world and a lot of people do not know what they're going to do for their first job or their career or whatever so what are some words of wisdom or advice you could share for someone that is just coming out of school and is you know uncertain of what the future holds in terms of their career how to make a living etc yeah Yeah. well like i was saying i mean the one thing you just have to sit down and, and you have to you know think about what your desire is you know what you really 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 want to do mm. and go out and pursue it and when you do interview with people once again you know i mean i'm repeating myself on this one it's just so important though mm. is to know every single thing about the company you're interviewing for and and 
and you know, let them know. I mean, you got to go in with the confidence of knowing they're they're lucky you're there without being cocky. I mean, you don't want to be cocky or anything, mm-hmm. but you attitude and like I'm saying, um, turn the interview around where you're interviewing them. Mm. That's very very important. Um, but it's all about you know real desire. Real desire. What do you really want to do? If you have to go in on an entry level somewhere, which most of the time you do when you're just out of school and stuff like that, fine, do it. You know, you can get in, you can prove yourself. I mean, you got what it takes. Everybody's going to see it. They're going to know, you know. So don't be afraid to take a less than what you want just to get your foot in the door because you're the door. That's the main thing. And then from there, you can fly like an eagle, you know. But, but know everything about their company because they'll be extremely impressed with you if you know every little detail about their company. Okay. And my final question for today is, you know, looking back on your career, like I said, you've you've been recorded in your company for the over past 10 years, being a top, consistent top performer, selling multi-million dollars of products, you know. Mm-hmm. Looking back on your career, is there anything you think you could have done differently to fast track your your success or your rise to the top? Uh, or is there anything you would have done differently? Any mistakes you made that you think you wouldn't have done? I'm trying to think. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I not really. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've always been very competitive. I mean. Mm competitive um, I, it's a hard question no mm. I've always been right up here at the crest of the wave mm. and if I get off track on the crest of the wave I find ways to get back on the crest mm. of the wave I was like what am I going to do how can I change this I'm always thinking and I'm always trying to find ways to better myself by reading books yeah. I read many books just like you do you know and so I, I, I mean no real regrets I can think of right off the top of my head because okay. yeah, I, I so enjoy um, being out there on the on the crest of the wave, you know, mm. being one. I'm not always number one. Sometimes I'm number two. Sometimes number one. You know, back and forth. Mm. But I'm always motivated, uh, you know, by sales. I mean, I love. I just love sales. I mean, the fact that you can, uh, you know, make someone's life easier with your products and services. You can save them money. Mm-hmm. You. You know, you you can make someone's life better. That's extremely rewarding. And one more thing, if I may, sure. uh, Gene. Yes, okay. Of uh, yeah. Now, one thing, everybody. You know, uh, ultimately, you want to transcend when you become a salesperson, or everybody's a salesperson. It's like if you're talking, you're selling. You know, mm-hmm. a, but the thing that you want to do, you want to transcend salesperson. You want to get beyond that, and you want to become someone's trusted advisor. Mm. That's what you want to get to, and you can only do that by proving yourself to your customer. And, and, and a uh, a true tr- a trusted advisor is genuinely interested in their customers' needs, and they put their customers' interests first. And your customers will pick up on that. They'll know that. Mm. And if they know that you're a trusted advisor, they'll just come back to you and go, you know, uh, a salary. What's what's the best thing over here? This, this, and this. Oh, okay, fine, thank you. you know, so, you eventually want to get to the trusted advisor level there. Mm. Awesome, awesome. And with that said, my friend, we've reached the uh, 
end of the interview. It's been a great conversation. I really want to thank you for coming to share your story and your words of wisdom. But before I let you go, where can people find you, get to know more about you? Obviously, get the book, How to Be a Great Salesperson by Monday Morning, and maybe even potentially reach out to you if they say, hey, yeah. Dave, I like what I heard. You know, Why don't you come talk to us or talk to my team or teach us how to be better salespeople? Oh, yeah, yeah, please, please get in touch with me. Um, the way to get, you can go to my website. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of ways. You can go to my website, and my website is salestrainingonthego.com. So it's salestrainingonthego.com. Mm-hmm. So that'll get you to my website, that'll get you to uh, my email address. And then if you want to uh, go directly in and get my book, uh, straight to my book if you want, uh, you can go to Amazon and just type in Dave Cook. Dave Cook, C-O-O-K. It's Dave Cook. So, yeah, and let me hear from you. I would love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, so website salestrainingonthego.com or direct to the book. On, on You can get to the book that way too on my website. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to go straight to the book, it's Amazon Dave Cook. Okay. Cool. I got it right here. So I'll make a note of that in the show notes once the episode is edited and ready to go live. Dave, it's been a pleasure having you on the show to share your story and your words of wisdom. I truly appreciate you taking the time to spend this one hour to teach us more about how to be better salespeople, especially by Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, something people ask me, you know, how'd you get that title? You know, how'd you think of that title? And I think, you know, we were talking earlier, there's so many practical things, so many things. It's meant to be a weekend read, but so many things you can use right now. Make them laugh, say yeah. their name, and assume the sale. Uh, all these little things you can tweak in your conversation that make people like you and yeah. want to buy from you, which yeah. is very important. Yeah. And the key is to remember that, you know what, sales is not just about selling like the next widgets to a customer. You're, sell- you're always selling yourself. You're selling yourself to your spouse. Your your kids are selling themselves to you. Life is a big sales situation. It's made up of many sales situations. So as long as you t- you have one-on-one relationships with people, you're always going to be selling something. An idea, yeah. a trip, going out to eat, something. You always got to sell so something. Movie, your wife wants to go to this movie. You want to go to that movie. You're selling her on why your movie's better. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So with that said, thanks for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it once again, Dave. My pleasure. Chief, thank you so much. And everybody out there listen, I, listening, I sincerely uh, enjoyed speaking with all of you and, you know, go to my website, please get in touch with me. It was an honor, Chief. Thank you so much.